This episode is brought to you by Paycor, the HR and payroll software made for leaders. It's never been harder to recruit, hire, and engage workers. That's why HR leaders and frontline managers depend on Paycor for all things people management, from onboarding and performance reviews to compensation and benefits. Learn more at paycor.com slash leaders. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. We have been expecting you. <laughs> the Chaotic Sports Podcast is underway to cover you in one. Let's get chaotic, y'all. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the latest installment of the Chaotic Sports Podcast. I am Patrick Brown, your uh, creator and host for this wonderful podcast. Got a lot to dive into on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. A little windy, but the show must go on. A lot to dive into in the world of the NFL. We've got week seven picks. We've got Uh, A new segment that I'm going to introduce here shortly, Enough with the Clown, and our topics for today, the San Francisco 49ers strike gold in acquiring Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers, and why I believe that the Niners are in prime position to make a Super Bowl run with this acquisition. The Philadelphia Eagles win their annual regular season homecoming game versus Dallas last Sunday evening. I've got a lot to say about that and many, many more thoughts on the game as we get ready to put this to bed. The Buffalo Bills get a statement win in Kansas City as well as Josh Allen hurdles the Bills past Kansas City in what was an exciting game in itself. We've got a new segment. It's called The Chaotic Truth Is. It's the new segment and I'm going to elaborate on a team that's been an utter disappointment and it's about to more than likely be a big fire sale for the most part and we've got enough from the clown my my favorite segment but it's it's not a b this week so we'll leave a b alone for the time being until he does something stupid again and our week seven picks other than that let's get the show going first up the breaking news that uh, that we had on, I believe it was Thursday, that the 49ers acquired Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers. I've got a few things to say on that one. The San Francisco 49ers are seizing an opportunity to go for it. They see the window is still open. Their division basically is theirs to win. Los Angeles Rams probably won't make any moves unless they trade Cam Akers. Um, Right now, the 49ers, to me, are the best team in the NFC West as a whole. And the best team in the NFC as far as I'm concerned. 
I'm not putting Philadelphia as number one. You'll, you'll know why here shortly. But Christian McCaffrey gives this team a different dimension offensively. The only thing that kind of worries me as a football fan, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, for whatever reason, somehow he will, he will do something crazy that's not needed. A turnover or uh, a fumble, interception, whichever comes first. You've got a great offensive line. You've got Trent Williams, one of the best left tackles in football. You've got Debo Samuel, one of the electrifying playmakers we've had in a while. George Kittle. You've got a Super Bowl caliber defense led by Nick Bosa, D. Ford, uh, Fred Warner. The secondary is playing a lot better than I had initially expected. Kyle Shanahan still the play caller and the head coach. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot mess this up, ladies and gentlemen. This is pretty much John Lynch saying, we're going for it this year. We're going to use the, the draft equity we got to improve our team to be better. And he did just that by giving another playmaker on the offensive side of the ball. I believe it's going to pay dividends. The only concern is, can Christian McCaffrey stay healthy? Now that he's in a winning on a winning team, he's got he's in an ideal situation where his skill sets can be used the way Kyle Shanahan likes to use his playmakers, and it's going to be a match made in football heaven. For me, the Los Angeles Rams are kind of on the outside looking in right now. They're not looking too good. I do believe that their Super Bowl hangover is real. And when they have to play against really good teams, they, they fail to show up. I don't know if it's because Aaron Donald is, he's one of the premier players in the league. But when he goes up against a pretty strong offensive line, he doesn't look that good. He looks above average. But if you put him up against bad defensive lines, it, it's, it's, it's easy. But nevertheless, the Rams have their own internal issues to worry about. With you know can makers and trying to find a, uh, what they're going to do with him, whether trade him or do something that could kind of you know help utilize his skill sets, but they have no draft equity as far as first round picks because they traded all of them away when you know with the acquisitions of Jalen Ramsey and you know players of the past to help them win the Super Bowl. But the 49ers, ladies and gentlemen, I believe they're getting ready to do some damage in the NFC in the coming weeks. And this is their opportunity to do it with Christian McCaffrey. It's a homecoming for Christian because he's a uh, Stanford Cardinal alumni. And I believe he grew up in California. You know, his dad, Ed McCaffrey, was played for the Broncos back in the 90s and won two Super Bowls with John Elway and Shannon Sharp, Terrell Davis, and Rod Smith. And those, those great Broncos teams in the end of the 90s that won back-to-back -back Super Bowls. So this is this is a homecoming for him, and I believe his new number now is 23 because he wore 22 in Carolina, but he switched to 23 in, for the 49ers. So it's going to be an exciting few weeks for Niners fans as they get ready to position themselves to be in Super Bowl uh, contention over the next two months. Long as Jimmy G does not mess this up. That's the only thing that can hold him back is the – is his limited play. But 
what do we know about San Francisco right now? They get most of their their wins have been, you know, when they've been able to get the play action going and the run game and Jimmy G doesn't have to throw the ball around as much. Put the ball in uh, Debo's hands. You got Christian McCaffrey, George Kettle. I mean, what more can you ask for as the perfect situation for Jimmy G? All he has to do is deliver. Well, we're going to find out about Jimmy G over the next several weeks as we get closer to this playoff push after the trade deadline. Moving on to what was a homecoming event for the Philadelphia Eagles last Sunday in at the Lincoln Financial Field. The Philadelphia Eagles won the regular season championship game against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, me personally, y'all can have that win, Philadelphia. You can have that win because you know why? Your fans gaslit that for for all that it was worth. You finally beat us once during the regular season. Yay, congratulations. You want uh you want some cookies for that? Do you really want some cookies? Because I'll sure never give you some. I I better yet, I'll bake you some cookies. Tell me what flavor you want and I and I can get them to you. Anyhow, Philadelphia is one of those teams that I really don't like the Eagles. I don't, as a lifelong Cowboys fan, I hate the Eagles. They have what's called Cowboys Week in their locker room because everybody knows that this it's a big NFC East showdown. And with them being undefeated, they, they were really feeling themselves. Everybody was uttering, oh, they could be better than the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Really, seriously. So we're we're going we're we're talking undefeated now and better than the seventy two Dolphins. You're not better than that. Thank you, national media, for gaslighting a fan base that's arrogant and classless. They brought out Meek Mill to introduce the players and whatnot. I was just waiting on a parade after the game, you know, just like you won a Super Bowl because y'all Eagles Nation said that. uh this game will be bigger than winning the Super Bowl. Really? A regular season matchup is bigger than a Super Bowl? Seriously? Y'all really should, you know, do your homework. But nevertheless, you know, you, you can keep talking. I also want to say this. All the Eagles fans were pretty much slandering all the Cowboys content creators on social media. Every time I got on Twitter, there was some Eagles fan that was in their feelings because, you know, beating us and, well, the content creators for the Cowboys uh, community don't know what they're talking about and they don't know anything about football and yada, yada, yay. You know what y'all was sounding like? Charlie Brown's school teacher. Wah, 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 wah. That's what it was sounding like to me. A bunch of spe- a bunch of spew. I let it go in one ear and not the other. I'm thinking... We're living rent-free in y'all's minds right now. The game's been over for basically almost two weeks. You're on your bye week, so I think y'all should worry about Pittsburgh and not worry about us because we are not. We done moved on. We're focused on Detroit, which is being which the game is being played right now as we speak. But Eagles fans, grow up, be civilized adults. And oh, by the way, the fan that ran onto this ran out the tunnel with the players. 
again, how many more times are we going to see this on TV where a fan acts stupid? Do you not know that you can be uh, escorted off the out of the stadium for being stupid? Do you not have any common sense? Apparently, you don't. But yet, this is the same fan base and organization that was talking about their new dynasty. It took y'all a million years to win one Super Bowl. Dallas has five Super Bowls. And y'all acting like y'all was born with y'all was on top of the world. Really? Try going uh going to four try going four out of five. Try that before you call yourself a dynasty. Because you're not. You 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 don't know what it feels like to be a dynasty. You win one Super Bowl and y'all was on cloud nine. As a Cowboys fan, I was sick the night that they won the Super Bowl. I was literally literally sick. I was like, I can't believe that the Eagles finally won a Super Bowl. But, you know, nevertheless, you find out that your your quarterback at the time was not who he appeared to be. He's on his third team in two years, and throughout his seven years, Dak Prescott's still the, uh, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Think about that for a second, Eagles. Y'all get so caught up in your feelings that beating us is just like, it's, it's, a, it's a glorious day for y'all. But here's the flip side of that. You've got a loss coming sooner or later. And I'm here for it. Because you got the Steelers next Sunday coming off your bye week. And then you make a trip to the great state of Texas to play the Houston Texans. In which you could probably lose that one too. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. One of those two games will be a loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I will be sitting here. Right here in my humble loft waiting on you. Back to the game itself. Kellen Moore, why did you abandon the run? I tweeted this out so many times throughout you know, the course of the game. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Need I say more? Kellen Moore, you can't. Throw the ball on first and second down and then try to make up for it on third down and put your quarterback in a position where he's got to make an erratic throw. It doesn't work like that. You saw what Philadelphia was doing, didn't you? Running the football on first and second down. When they got the third and short, they put it in a manageable position for Jalen Hurts to roll out and, and make a play and convert the first down. Oh, no. Not Dallas. Let's throw on first and second down. And then we're going to, you know, take a shot downfield on third down. And it's well overthrow or underthrown. That was one thing that was aggravating me. Because Keller Moore doesn't believe in the run. You've got two phenomenal running backs that you don't know how to utilize. But I will say this. Scoring those three points before the half, into the first half, was huge. We was able to get some momentum and, you know, shift it. Into our favor. Philadelphia in the third quarter only had six yards total offense. Six. So the defense was doing their job as a whole. The offense just couldn't get the ball downfield because the the Eagles didn't respect Cooper Rush. So they were daring him to throw whenever he did throw. It was three interceptions in the process. Cooper Rush picked a bad time to have a bad game. And... 
for with that being said, he did his job over the last, you know, five weeks since Dak was out to, you know, keep this team above water. But this defense cannot stop the run to save their life. I mean, we were just getting gashed. I'm like, man, if we don't stop the run, we're in trouble. And sure enough, the Philadelphia Eagles are just running all over our defense with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. But nevertheless, these these penalties are just getting softer and softer. Players can't play with emotion. Micah Parsons, we we had a stop on third down where Philadelphia would have been punting. Dallas Goddard threw his thumb up and told on Micah for getting all for you know flexing on him. Fifteen yard penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct. Really? So this is the league now. We're we're being petty. And then Trayvon, he he threw his hel- he took his helmet off the end zone after the touchdown was scored near the end of the game. I tell you what, the Eagles, you got what you wanted. You can have that little homecoming game. And y'all are going back to sleep and waking up. And it'll be December 24th whenever y'all see us again. Because that's all you've been talking about for the past two weeks. Oh, we can't wait through December 24th. Come to Jerry World. We're coming to Jerry World. We're coming in strong. Okay. We're going to be right here waiting. Because that could be the game that decides the NFC East. For, for all we know. Depending on what happens with the Giants between now and then. That. That, that game pretty much decides the division, depending on how, you know, all the teams play out that are in playoff contention right now. You can have your little victory over us, and I hope that the day you lose, I may lead, I may act a fool on my show. I kid you not. I, I may act a fool like Ludacris if y'all lose, because it's going to be a glorious day for me and the rest of Cowboys Nation. But one thing I will say, though, respect our Cowboys community. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. If you want to get on our chats and try to troll us, you will be blocked. Because I see most of that over the course of two weeks. Getting on there and whining and still, you know, throwing it all up in our faces. We don't care about the game. We've moved on. But if that's how you feel and makes you sleep better at night, go for it. I don't care. I've moved on. I'm not intimidated by an Eagles fan. Because we all know that... Y'all don't like us. We don't like you. And truth be told, Eagles fans are the worst fans in NFL. I love how they say, well, the local fans, unquote, are more in sync and embody what the city of Philadelphia is all about. Whereas the Cowboys fans are a global brand. But let, let's, let's get one thing straight. We're the most recognizable team in all professional sports. We're worth well over, you know, four or five billion dollars. How much are y'all worth as a franchise? Explain that one. That's what I thought. Crickets chirping. All right. I'm moving on from that particular subject because it's done triggered my anxiety. And every time I think about it, I just get frustrated and I get that competitor in me just just comes out because whenever we play the Eagles, it's just one of those games where I, I don't like for people to text me during that game. I don't <laughs> you can ask any of my friends or anybody like that. When it's when the Eagles and Cowboys are playing, that's a game that I I could be a real pain in the neck because that that's just one game that I just get juiced up for. Because as a former athlete myself, the 
something about division rivalry games just bring out the the nasty in you for whatever reason. And if you have invested time and money into a particular sports franchise, then you're going to be right there with the players. Eagles fans, they want to talk all big and bad until it's time to talk. So y'all keep talking. We're moving on. And I'm going to move on from it as well. Good job. Uh, enjoy your little parade because I'm sure you probably threw one sometime this week. But nevertheless, let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills game last weekend. Tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, Josh Allen is a stud. Josh Allen to me is the top, he's in that he's a top two quarterback. You could say Patrick Mahomes is 1A, Josh Allen's 1B. I'm not going to argue with that one because both of these dudes are sensational. Buffalo circled that game that they were going to be in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium and Josh Allen put on a show. I tell you what, I'm going to say this. I don't believe that it's Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady just yet because neither one of those guys are on that plethora. That's a once in a lifetime matchup that's not going to happen again. But nevertheless, let let's just call it Allen versus Mahomes because putting them in the same category with the great Peyton Manning and the GOAT and Tom Brady, I, I don't think that's a fair assessment at this point. Whenever these two individuals start getting some, you know, some Super Bowls on their belt and they meet more than once in, you know, throughout the course of their careers, whether it be regular season or postseason, we're going to sit back and, and, and enjoy that show because both of these, these guys are going to be around for a decade plus. And I'm here for it. You know my sentiments for Josh Allen. Big arm. I mean, the dude's a, he's a freak of an athlete. Just He's gotten better and better every year since he's been a starting quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, we know what he's about. Mahomes magic because he's... The Chiefs, to me, go as Mahomes goes. They've got a potent offense. They've got Andy Reid, one of the best play callers in football. Eric Bieniemy, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster... They can run the football a little bit. Their defensive front's pretty good. Offensive line is decent. It's just their secondary is is spotty. And that's the one area of weakness I think could hurt Kansas City for the most part. I said last week that whoever wins that game is likely hosting the AFC Championship game in in late January. And Buffalo will probably have home field. Because I believe that the AFC goes through goes through uh, Buffalo. Kansas City may be a number two seed. They'll have home field. But if they get matched up with the Buffalo Bills for that AFC championship game, I do believe that Buffalo will win that and punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. Because right now, they're the best team in the AFC. Kansas City's second best team. And then it's the rest of the field. Because... I believe Buffalo is in prime position right now to make a run. I don't know if they're going to make any trades, but I wouldn't rule it out at this point to try to go get, you know, maybe a, a secondary, a second uh, receiver or 
improve your running back room. You know, Cam Akers is available and some other players are going to be out there. So we're going to see because I honestly thought that they were going to swing a trade for Christian McCaffrey, but he's in San Francisco. But nevertheless, Chiefs and Bills is going to be a team or two teams we're going to talk about for the next seven, eight years whenever Josh Allen and Mahomes match up with one another. It's exciting to see those two guys play, and I believe it's that they're on a collision course to meet in the AFC Championship game with Kansas City having to play a road playoff game for the first time in the last, what, four years since Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback. They've never had to play a road playoff game with the exception of the two Super Bowls, which were in Miami in 2019 and in Tampa Bay in 2020. They've, they're unstoppable at home. That is a rowdy environment. But I believe Buffalo's got their number, and I'm excited if these two teams match up in the postseason for what could be on a line to a trip to go to the Super Bowl in Arizona. Alrighty, now that we've got the two topics out the way, now it's time for me to introduce a new segment, which I'm calling The Chaotic Truth Is. This team that I'm going to talk about had a lot of expectations coming into the season. And it's been an utter disappointment. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and cue the music. Oh yeah. Titanic music. Because the team I'm about to talk about, it sums up their season right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Broncos is a bad team. And it's going to get bad. As I sit here on this beautiful Sunday afternoon, and I was putting this particular segment together, if you want to know the, the honest truth, I laughed because I didn't. I I would never thought I'd say that a a Russell Wilson-led football team would be this bad. So, as the season has, we're in week seven. The Denver Broncos are likely sinking right now they're sinking like the titanic reboot your credit card with apple card it gives you unlimited daily cash back that can earn 4.15 percent annual percentage yield when you open a savings account a high yield low effort way to grow your money with no fees apply for apple card now in the wallet app on iphone to start earning and growing your daily cash with savings today Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings is available to Apple Card owners. Subject to eligibility. Savings accounts by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Member FDIC. Terms apply. And as the music plays, there's certain scenes from the movie that come to my mind. The captain went down with the ship, as we know. Most of the ship's builders went down as well. The Denver Broncos are on the verge of just falling deeper and deeper as the season passes along a team with high expectations and Super Bowl aspirations that's going to come to an end because with each loss that, that, that mounts they can't recover from it and it's sad Russell Wilson has been bad and it makes me wonder is this who he's always been? Or are the Denver Broncos just have a an offensive coaching staff that doesn't know what the heck they're doing? 
And that starts with the head coach. Nathaniel Hackett cannot manage a clock. He looks like he's stranded on an island and he's going to jump off the ship in order to avoid going down with it. Sadly, the Denver Broncos made a bad hire with Nathaniel Hackett. They went all in for Russell Wilson and gave him a quarter billion dollars. And I had seen today that there could be trade rumors surrounding Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and Bradley Chubb. Now, you've got three players a part of a cornerstone for, of your cornerstone of the franchise. You trade them, you're pretty much throwing the season away. In all honesty, because this is not what you expected. This is not what you paid for. The defense has done their job. They've only gave up 15 points over the last six games. The offense alone has only scored 15, averaging about 15 points. The defense is saying, y'all can't get to 23, 24. At least, you know, put up more points. At least dump, at least put up seven more than what we've been holding teams back from. It just makes me wonder if Denver was overly hyped and now they're falling flat on their face. Or in this case, they've collided with the iceberg and they're sinking little by little because you let Russ cook and the kitchen and the ship is sink is on fire right now. It's pretty sad. It is pretty sad that the Denver Broncos are this bad. And that is the chaotic truth. I didn't think I would say that. I thought they'd be a competitive team and give Kansas City a run for it. Boy, was I wrong along with other teams, with other people who bought into the Denver Broncos. I'm afraid I'm about to cut bait with them. As much as I, I like Russell Wilson, this is bad. This is bad across the board. What's what's going to happen first? A big trade or Nathaniel Hackett gets fired? I believe Hackett gets fired first. And then they're going to listen to trade offers to see what they can get out of the three players mentioned. I believe that one, they'll try to weather the storm, but they've got to win some football games. There's not enough lifeboats for everybody in that organization to avoid being on without, you know, jumping into the waters. Ladies and gentlemen, the Denver Broncos will likely miss the playoffs. A team with aspirations, expectations, and it's not working out at the at the current moment. It's ugly right now. I've heard Broncos country Let's ride for the past six weeks. And Broncos fans are probably tired of hearing that because there's nothing to write about knowing that the season is getting away from them. And not to mention, Russell Wilson is probably going to be out for an extended period of time with hamstring injury. They're supposed to play Britt Rippon, who is, uh, I think, Mark Rippon's son who played for the Washington Commanders back in the 90s and won a Super Bowl. But nevertheless... It's make it it kind of makes you wonder 
what were the Broncos thinking? They went all in, and now it feels like they're just going to have to cut their losses, either with the head coach or stockpile some picks. We shall see what happens with this Denver team over the next several weeks into the trade deadline. But a team right now, this is not a playoff team. It's not a Super Bowl contender. And I know everybody picked Denver to come out the AFC. How are we feeling about that right now? Just out of curiosity, how are we feeling about it? I'm not feeling too good, but I felt like with Russell Wilson, this team can stay afloat. And it's just been one mishap after the next. And we still have games where the Broncos are going to be on prime time over the next, I think they got three prime time games left. I hope the NFL flexes those games because I don't think I could watch another Broncos game with Russell Wilson leading the way and they're losing. But with the Broncos, this is this is sad. I mean, the season is, is over. It feels like it's over before it gets started. But they're all going to go down together. In all seriousness, they're going to go down together. The head coach, Russ, frustrated players, the organization as a whole, they're all going down together into the ocean. That's going to be a, a very sour taste in Broncos fans' mouths, but they should feel some type of way right now due to the simple fact that they believe that they had a team that can compete for championships. They do. But you don't have a head coach to hold everybody accountable. He doesn't know how to coach. We have to bring in a consultant. And even the consultant can't save you. That's a problem. And I believe that this ownership is going to evaluate Nathaniel Hackett over the next several games before they cut bait with him. I would do it now, in all honesty. I'd do it right now. Save, try to save your season. But if you're this far into the season and the ship is already slowly sinking as it rises up in the air before it splits down the middle and and sinks all the way down into the into the ocean, there's nothing left. There's not enough lifeboats that can save all y'all. In all honesty, but you know, it's 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 the NFL. It's the business and. You make good hires, you sign great players, and sometimes it doesn't work out. It's it's trial and error on most occasions, but this is this is horrible. And that is the chaotic truth for this week. And as we transition and segue into the next segment of the show is enough from the clown. And the recipient is not Antonio Brown this week because until he does something crazy, we'll, we'll just keep that on the back burner. But I've got a a new candidate for this for this segment for this week, and that recipient is. Let me go ahead and cue the music here. Alrighty, we're gonna do that, and here we go. Enough. From the clown. Enough from the clown. The recipient for this week, Robbie Anderson. 
from formerly the Carolina Panthers, who was traded to Arizona earlier this week. I think it was last Monday. Robbie Anderson got into a a heated argument with the wide receivers coach and the interim head coach, who was Steve Wilkes, replacing Matt Rule, who was fired as well, told him to leave the field. He was done for the day. Now, I've never seen this in NFL hardly. You know, players getting told by their coaches to go to the locker room because they were done. You're, you're done for the day. I've seen them be disqualified by the officials or whatnot. But for a head coach to do it was a complete shock to me. So, the Carolina Panthers were playing the LA Rams. And I don't know what happened, what started the whole ruckus. But Robbie Anderson and Steve Wilkes got into it with the receiver coach. And Robbie Anderson walked, turned his back or something, walked away. And Steve Wilkes told him, you're done for the day. Get off my field. You're done for the day. Get off my sideline. Ladies and gentlemen, there's just certain things you shouldn't do. Young athletes is get up in your coach's face. But at the end of the day, you got there's got to be a line of mutual respect. And in that particular moment, emotions boiled over. And it is what it is. And every time I see him, I think about Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. That is no joke. Like, how do you fit all that under a helmet? Seriously, that's not knocking him. But it's it's just a weird, it's just weird to look at an, an athlete whose hair is like that. It, it kind of disturbs me a little bit to an extent because how? This is, I know it's a hairstyle and everything, but... He does look like Sideshow Bob to a degree. And that's what that that to me, that's what it looks like. So he got traded to Arizona and he was on the field Thursday night for the Thursday night game with Arizona. And it looked like a different person. Like he looked free. He got on a red jean outfit of some sort. And I was like, dang, it's like you I was like, dude, you're 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 really just starting to rub people the wrong way. And the reason why I bring that up. Shout out to Barry Grant Jr. from the All Even Podcast and the co-founder of The Grid. He did a segment on his show earlier this year on Robbie Anderson because Robbie Anderson was contemplating retirement. Because, you know, it was a talk about uh, if the Panthers acquire uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, he's going to (laughs) retire. And I got a laugh out of it. And then the incident that took place this past Sunday... And I had messaged him because he had that clip on his IG story. And I said, yeah, I was like, after what he pulled in L.A., he's probably getting traded. And lo and behold, I was right. He got traded. And it kind of became uh, what you would say. It, it You don't exactly, I would say, speak stuff into existence. But Robbie Anderson is in a, in a new home. He's in Arizona, so that's. Kyler's worried to try to keep Sideshow Bob on a straight path and having to buy into a team concept. This episode is brought to you by Paycor. Paycor empowers leaders to build winning teams. With Paycor, leaders can recruit, onboard and train employees, set goals, and drive performance. If you're a leader, everyone depends on you. Who do leaders depend on? Paycor. Learn more at paycor.com leaders. Speaking of which, that Thursday night game between New Orleans and Arizona was actually pretty entertaining. 
for the first time this year, only the second time this year, we had a football game that didn't wasn't a bad display of football. The Saints jumped out to a 14-6 lead. And Kyler Murray was walking off the field and he was all but cussing head coach Cliff Kingsbury out. In my years of watching sports and being a former athlete, I don't think I've seen a player get in the face of his head coach and, you know, drop the F-bomb a couple of times. To me, that's a poor display of leadership. And I understand that the emotions got the best of him. And Cliff Kingsbury was just standing like, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, and then walked away. DeAndre Hopkins returned, and he was right there trying to, you know, restrain Kyler from, you know, getting all up any closer to Cliff Kingsbury because if that would have happened, it would have been on national TV. But nevertheless, the Saints had two interceptions that were turned into pick sixes. The Arizona Cardinals did most of the lifting for the Cardinals with the back-to-back pick sixes. Andy Dalton, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think they should have started Jameis Winston. Jameis would have given them the best, position, the best chance to win. The Arizona defense showed up. DeAndre Hopkins returned to rare form and doing what D-Hop does and catching, you know, I think he had 10 catches for uh, 108 yards and whatnot. But the glaring stat is the Saints had nearly, I think it was 500 yards of offense and they still lost, if I'm not mistaken. How does that happen? The New Orleans Saints are not, going to win a whole lot of football games like that. With Andy Dalton as your quarterback, it's not happening. The defense is not playing as good as they should. And for the first time in a while, the New Orleans Saints look like a team that could miss, miss the playoffs themselves. Nevertheless, we got an entertaining Thursday night football game for a change. And it was nice to see despite all the shenanigans that took place on the sidelines with the Cardinals and with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. I will say this, though. Somebody in the front office was watching that because, to me, if you're going to be a franchise quarterback, you have to lead by example. Kyler Murray is not very good at doing that. He has worse body language than, you know, Jay Cutler and uh, Aaron Rodgers. Not saying that Kyler is those prolific quarterbacks by any chance. Well, Jay Cutler wasn't exactly a prolific quarterback, but Aaron Rodgers, whenever things go bad, Kyler Murray checks out very, very quickly. And I'm surprised that he didn't because the defense did most of the lifting for this team whenever they couldn't, whenever they failed to move the ball downfield offensively. But, you know, it's a long season. It, they should just downplay it and forget that it ever happened. And we'll go from there. Moving on to the week seven picks. Let's go get our uh, cop, uh, our music ready for this. I did okay last week with my picks. I went six and five. I'm already 0-1 because I picked the Saints to beat the Cardinals. And, of course, you know, Arizona won that game 42-35. to But... I'm going to hopefully be better this week with my picks. So, without further ado, let's go ahead 
and get our music going for the picks of the week. Alrighty. First game on deck. Dallas Cowboys hosting the Detroit Lions. Dak's return. Return of the Dak. A game in which the Detroit Lions have the number one scoring offense, but have the 32nd ranked scoring defense. The Lions, to me, will be in this game for the most part, as they should. How much rust is Dak going to have to work off for this game? Running the football would help. That would help real. That would help out Dak quite a bit. He returns, and the fans are excited about it. Let's just hope that this game doesn't turn into one of those Okay, who's who's gonna screw up first to put the game in the other in the opposition's hands to win? I trust Dak Prescott more than I trust Jared Goff. The Lions are are competitive. We need to take them seriously because this feels like a game that could go either way. Because anytime we play Detroit, it's been close. It comes down to the last ninety seconds of a football game. And I believe my defense is going to respond after the way they played last week. The offense is going to get rolling. But we need to run the ball with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Thunder and lightning. That's what Kellibor needs to do. But if you've been watching the Cowboys the last three years since he's been the offensive coordinator. He's a pass happy guy. He doesn't value the run. And this is where this team is going to probably be up and down in this run game. Because you've got two running backs, but we don't know how to utilize them. Zeke is still Zeke. Tony Pollard is elusive. It could get between the tackles and break out a touchdown here and there. I need my defense to step up this week. I need my defense to play consistent. I need them to play mistake-free and help this offense. They're going to do their thing. It's on the shoulders of Dak Prescott to keep this game out of Detroit's reach. His first game back, how much rest is he going to have? And what are we going to have to do to get some, gain some traction for this game and next week against the Chicago Bears before our bye week? Because after the bye week, it's going to be a lot of football over the course of three weeks for the Dallas Cowboys. With that being said, I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys to win 38-10 over the Detroit Lions in what's probably going to be a sluggish first quarter and get things rolling in the second and third and try to put the Lions away in the fourth quarter. Moving on to the next game, the Bengals hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta's been in some games. And they've been playing pretty decent. The Bengals are coming off of a big win in New Orleans for what was, excuse me, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase's homecoming. Back to New Orleans where they started at LSU, but which won the national championship. And Joe won the, uh, the Heisman Trophy that year. But today, they're back home to host the Falcons. I like Cincinnati in this game. Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, 
T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, with the makeshift offensive line that still needs improvement. Improvement. The Falcons will stay in this game, but at the end of the day, I'm taking Cincinnati, 31 to 23, over the Atlanta Falcons. Next game we have is a classic AFC South showdown between the Tennessee Titans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. The last time these two teams played, the Titans won in Lucas Oil Stadium. Derrick Henry ran the ball fairly well. The Colts are coming off of a win over the Jaguars last week. Ryan Tannehill's decent. The defense is pretty good. It's just the, the passing attack is the one that I that's kind of a question mark for me right now. They've got Robert Woods, and they still got Derrick Henry as the running back. This game's probably going to be close for the most part. But in the end, I've got the Tennessee Titans winning this game in a close one through three quarters before they put the Colts to bed. 28-17 to over Indianapolis. Moving on to the Washington Commanders hosting the Green Bay Packers. The Packers, of course, have back-to-back losses, losing in London the week before and then losing to the Jets this past Sunday. This team looks like it's it's them, them two as well look like a shell of themselves. Matt LaFleur looks like a a fraud. Aaron Rodgers looks above average with no receiving core. But they still got A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. Decent defense. This is a game that the Packers should win without Carson Wentz starting for the Commanders. I believe this is a game in which the Packers will get out to a fast start and then they'll kind of let Washington hang around for a little bit before Aaron Rodgers gets out of his own way and puts the game away. I'm taking the Packers 30 to 20. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Over the Washington Commanders. Moving on to the Buccaneers taking on the Carolina Panthers from Charlotte. As we all know, the Carolina Panthers are. And a complete rebuild. No Christian McCaffrey. No Robbie Anderson. Who's their starting quarterback? Sam Darnold. Uh, P.J. Walker. Baker Mayfield's out. D.J. Moore's still there, but I think he'll be the next player that'll get traded. And then their their defensive end, who was offered, they somebody was rumored that there were two first round picks offered, but there was no traction on that. The Buccaneers coming off of a disappointing loss to Pittsburgh last week. This is a game that they should win. This is a get-right game for them. 
for whatever reason, Tom Brady looks every bit 45 years old. And this defense will go as far as they can. But I'm going to take the Bucks in this game. And the, and the Buccaneers stay afloat in the NFC South and try to stay in the playoff race. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28-13 to over Carolina. Moving on to the Jaguars hosting the New York Giants. An interesting game for the most part. The Giants are 5-1. Who, who would have thought that Brian Dable would come in and have an impact on this team right away? They've won more games than they did last year through 17 games. And they've won five of the first six. They're limited at quarterback but they've got a pretty good run game with, you know, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. The defense is pretty good. Brian Dable's done an excellent job. And the defensive coordinator has done a phenomenal job as well. But Doug Peterson is familiar with the NFC East where he's the former Eagles coach who's now in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is a pretty good quarterback. They got a good run game. They got a pass game. But they've got a good, good run defense. And I think that's where the Giants are going to run into trouble. Is trying to run against this Jacksonville uh, run defense. Daniel Jones will do Jan Daniel Jones things. With that being said, I'm taking Jacksonville 29-23 to over the New York Giants. And handing them their second loss on the season. Moving on to another divisional showdown. Between the Cleveland Browns taking on the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Ladies and gentlemen, this division is pretty much up for grabs right now. The Bengals are in first place. And I think the Ravens are second. Cleveland's third and the Pittsburgh's fourth. The Browns have a pretty good run game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. They've got some decent playmakers on the outside. David, uh... Joku, the tight end. Decent offensive line. Miles Garrett's back in the fold on defense. The Baltimore Ravens cannot sustain leads to save their life. Deshaun Jackson may play today. I don't know if he's if that was confirmed that he's playing today or not, but he signed with the Baltimore Ravens to give them another uh deep fret uh deep uh playmaker downfield. But Lamar Jackson can only do so much. The Baltimore Ravens defense is middle of the road. The Cleveland Browns can run the football fairly well. And with that being said, I'm taking the Cleveland Browns to win 30-24 over the Baltimore Ravens. Moving on to another team that's been a surprise this year. The other team in New York. The Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They've got, they're on a two-game win streak right now. They beat division rival Miami the week before and then beat Green Bay at Lambeau Field last week. Sauce Gardner is as good as advertised. This defense is pretty good. Robert Shala has done a pretty good job in his, his second season as the head coach of the New York uh, Jets. Zach Wilson has looked fairly good. And despite the turmoil with Elijah Moore uh, 
likely requesting a trade and Denzel Mims and this Jets team is is not faced by adversity right now. They're fa they're going to Denver to play a team in in the Broncos that's a complete mess, which I discussed at length in the last segment. The Denver Broncos are a team that needs a big win in the worst way possible. But the Jets, to me, are more of a complete team right now than the Broncos. It's going to be a slugfest between both defenses. In the end, I think the Jets defense picks off Brett Rippon. Sauce Gardner has a couple highlights. Jermaine Johnson has a strip sack for a, a, stri a strip sack for a fumble, and the Jets they do enough offensively to put the Broncos in the in the loss column today. I am going to pick the Jets to win twenty-seven to thirteen over the Denver Broncos, and what could be Nathaniel Hackett's last game as a coach, but we shall see. Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders hosting Houston Texans coming off their bye week. For the last two weeks, we've been hearing about Devontae Adams' incident in Kansas City. He was uh, charged with assault for you know, shoving an NFL uh, cameraman. Devontae Adams is ready to play football. He's putting it to sleep. Thank God, because it just it just feels like this is a story that's not going away. Devontae Adams apologized. He was heartfelt and sincere about it. He's moved on. Now it's all to the legal process and what the league could do as far as, you know, possibly suspending him for the personal conduct policy. The Raiders themselves find them, find they're, they're in a very peculiar situation. Derek Carr is still a fairly good quarterback. Josh Jacobs could run the football fairly well. Hunter Renfro, Dare Waller. This defensive front is not great, but Max Crosby is still a pretty good pass rusher. If the Raiders invested in their defense, they'd be a pretty good team right now. They, they would be right up there with the Chiefs. But they're limited and complacent with Josh McDaniels, who doesn't value the run game. Who doesn't know how to manage a clock. He too could look like an, an utter fail and disappointment in one season. But I trust Derek Carr more than I trust Davis Mills. The Texans are going to hang in this game through at least the first half. Midway through the third quarter. But in the end, the Raiders will prevail. I think Devontae Adams has a big game. Hunter Renfro has a pretty good game. And this Raiders team wins. They're at home. With that being said, I'm taking the Raiders to win 34-28 to over the Houston Texans. Chargers hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Another head coach who clearly doesn't know anything about situational football. Got the ideal roster. Doesn't know what he's doing half the time. Brandon Stellmate. I call him Brandon Stelmate because there's no no creativity in the offensive play calling whatsoever. Justin Harbour, as great as a quarterback he is, is keeping his team afloat. 
The defense is playing okay, but not great. And this is without Joey Bosa. They still got Khalil Mack, Darwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. J.C. Jackson's been in and out of the lineup with an injury. But the Seattle Seahawks have been pretty solid. They've been in some games, which is a shocker. Because everybody picked them to win less than seven games, including myself. Gito Smith has looked pretty good. When it comes down to situational football in this game, I trust Pete Carroll more than I trust Nathaniel Hackett. With that being said, give me the Seahawks 34-28 to over the LA Chargers. The game of the day everybody's been looking forward to. It's a Super Bowl rematch between the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs from Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California. I went back and forth with this game. I really did. I believe the 49ers are the better team. But Kansas City has the better quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. What would Christian McCaffrey look like in his, his first game as a 49er? Can the Kansas City Chiefs regroup from their loss to Buffalo last week? Who is going to make the plays down the stretch? To help their team win. I like San Francisco defense. I think their offense. Is a little bit more creative. Than Kansas City. Only difference is. Quarterback. But. I trust this 49ers defense. More than I trust. The Kansas City Chiefs secondary. Because if push comes to shove. Debo Samuel. Is going to be. A highlight reel, as you as always, on on this on any given Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo cannot throw the ball away or put him or turn the ball over and give the Kansas City Chiefs short fields. Travis Kelsey is probably going to have a monster game. George Kittle is going to have a good game. Again, the 49ers defense will be able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. With that being said. I am taking the San Francisco 49ers 38-30 to 30 over the Kansas City Chiefs and what could be a potential Super Bowl matchup if it all plays out. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. I, I've got Buffalo coming at the AFC, but we're going to see what Kansas City is made up going up against a team that they faced three years ago in the Super Bowl with pretty much the same roster. Moving on to the Sunday night game, which is my upset of the week. The Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Miami Dolphins from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida, at the Miami Gardens in Miami, Florida. This game has a lot of hype. It's the return of Brian Flores since he was ousted by the uh, Dolphins organization this offseason, this past offseason. Tua returns to under center tonight. And it's also, they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the 72 Dolphins undefeated season in which they won the Super Bowl. It's a Sunday night football game. And I think this is the first time that they've been in Miami in a while for a primetime game. A lot of problem circumstance. A lot of cameras. 
a lot of fans are going to be there in that stadium tonight. Those who were fans of the Dolphins back in the day will be on hand. Most of the team that's left will be honored as well. The Pittsburgh Steelers need a win. And I think this is the night that they will prevail in Miami in my upset of the week. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-16 to 16 over the Miami Dolphins. To the Monday night game between the New England Patriots hosting the Chicago Bears. I feel sorry for Justin Houston or Justin Fields, the quarterback for the Bears. Really talented quarterback, no offensive line, really no playmakers on the outside. It's sad. This is the issue with the Chicago Bears. They don't invest in their offensive line and they don't like to pay players. They're going up against a New England defense that thrives on getting pressure on the quarterback and creating turnovers. Bailey Zappi should be starting uh, Sunday or tomorrow night as well at, at uh, Gillette Stadium. What do we know about uh, Bill Belichick? A defensive mastermind. This is going to be more than what Justin Fields can handle. This defense will overwhelm him. Overwhelm him. With that being said, I'm taking the New England Patriots to win 27-10 to over the Chicago Bears and what's probably going to be a very embarrassing display of football by the Chicago Bears. To our Week 8 Thursday night football game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Baltimore Ravens from Raymond James Stadium. I'm taking the Bucks, in all honesty. I really am. I'm going to take the Buccaneers or the Ravens. The Ravens defense is better. And, excuse me, the Buccaneers defense is better than the Ravens. Brady versus Lamar Jackson. The advantage Brady. I believe that the Buccaneers are going to neutralize Lamar Jackson. And it's going to be ugly. It's going to be an ugly game for... Lamar Jackson. I think the defense scores two touchdowns, maybe three. But I'm taking the Buccaneers for next Thursday night, week eight, from Raymond James Stadium. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30, the Baltimore Ravens 17. That is all the picks we have for today. That is all of the chaos that I have for you as we... Look at this beautiful Sunday uh, Sunday afternoon. It's beautiful here in my city. A little windy, but nevertheless, the sun's shining. If you woke up this morning, you, that's a blessing to wake up and tell God thank you, you know, for no, allowing you to see another day and everything else in between. As always, you know how I feel about mental health and and everything. And to all those who are struggling with seasonal depression, I'm right there with you all. So you're you're not alone. Reason why I say that is being a recovering mental health patient myself, it's important to take care of your mental health. It really is. And the world we live in now, tomorrow's not promised. As we've as we've learned over the last two and a half years. 
we're starting to get back to a sense of normalcy. But with the, the holidays coming up, you know, we got Halloween's next weekend. And then we got Thanksgiving. And for you know, it's Christmas and the year's over with, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's been difficult for for all of us, you know, in the mental health community, just from speaking on my on my behalf from all from my perspective. There's days that I I wake up and I don't want to get out of bed to go to work in the evenings because I work nights. I'm finding it difficult to do that. At the end of the day, you know, I got a roof over my head. I got to pay bills and you know, have food to eat and, you know, gas in my car to go where I want to go. And I mean, life, life's tough right now. And there's a lot going on in my personal life. A lot of things that that I'm, you know, trying to work my way through and I'm going to be okay. I want to say to those who are struggling, seek therapy if you need to. Don't inflict self-harm on yourself. It's okay to not be okay. Life happens and reality happens. There's a lot of things that we don't talk about as people. We can talk about everything else under the sun, but we can't talk about mental health. And that's someone that's, you know, dealt with uh, anxiety and uh, depression most of my life. You know, going back to, you know, my childhood and, you know, into my adult life. I have my moments of self-doubt. I'm not a, a ashamed of uh, of admitting that to you all. I'm more open and vocal about it than I was before. And I just want to say that you're not alone in this battle, ladies and gentlemen. If nobody told you that they love you today, I love you. God loves you. Just always know that you need a strong support system around you in order to, you know, build yourself up and get back into a, a groove of feeling better about yourself. Get out and enjoy, you know, the sunshine, the rays of light. Get some, you know, get some sun in your life. You know, take walks, you know. Take sabbaticals from social media if you have to because social media is a blessing and a curse. It's good for marketing. It's good for promotion. But at the same time, there's a lot of, of hate speech that goes on on social media. There's a lot of discrepancies and everything in between with, with social media that it's it's it could be too much in and I take my sabbaticals from time to time. I'll, I'll admit there, there's days I just don't want to get on social media. I check my messages because, you know, I'm in, you know, the podcast community and whatnot. And, you know, checking in with, you know, certain chat groups that I'm in, you know, letting everybody know that I'm okay. But at the same time, there's just days that I just like, man, I don't even want to get on social media. I mean, I don't even want to go to work. But like I said, things, life has to go on. In the meantime, I pray that everyone is safe today. Enjoy the beautiful weather in your area. Enjoy the sunshine. Uh, light candles and incenses if incense if you have to in order to, you know to create a safe haven in your house and around your house. I find myself doing that here lately with you know over the last year or so. It's 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 therapeutic. I encourage you to practice self care. Go you know, get manicures and pedicures and, you know, barbershop visits, you know, that that's forms of self-care that, you know, you know, build your 
get yourself back up a little bit. Anyhow, that is all the chaos we have for today. I am going to enjoy the rest of my afternoon. Get ready to cook some dinner. Those ribeyes are pretty tender right now, sitting in the refrigerator. I'm ready to enjoy the day and enjoy some football. Until next week, ladies and gentlemen, please stay safe. God bless. Make sure that you share, like, subscribe, and content uh, comment on the the Grid Sports Podcast Network. Dare to be different? Step into the grid. The new leaders in digital media, media sports, and entertainment. Follow us on uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, uh, like whatever social media you have. I'm surely the the grid is on there somewhere. We're all over the the podcast platform. So subscribe for exclusive content from all of our content creators. Make sure that you get your merch from the grid as well from all of our our podcasters out there. We've got a lot of great, great creators that are doing some phenomenal work. So please subscribe, share, and comment, and follow us on our uh, social media uh, outlets as well. With that, I'm done for the day. Please, please, please stay safe and take care of yourself. I will see you all next week. God bless. Peace out. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.